Hello once again, Digital World, and welcome back to another episode of Spliced In Later, where today we are doing another movie review. And what are we reviewing? Are we reviewing something Academy Award winning? Are we reviewing a big blockbuster movie? Are we reviewing anything that's actually in the movie theaters at the moment? No, we're not. What are we reviewing today? We are reviewing the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, the third SpongeBob movie. Now, please don't be tempted to flip up your podcast listening devices. Please don't roll your eyes and go, here we go. What's he on about now? I mean, you can if you want to. I can't stop you. But there are a couple of reasons why I want to review and talk about this one today. The first one being that it's available. At this point in time, there are very few movies in the cinema. There's not a lot out there at the moment being released in any sort of form. SpongeBob is just a movie that is available. It was supposed to be in the movie theaters. It got bounced around a bit. I believe it has been released in Canada in some cinemas, but they've eventually just gone, you know what, we can't release in the cinema. I mean, you could, but that's a whole other issue. Why don't we just put it on Netflix? And apparently, to put salt in the wound, why don't we put it on Netflix everywhere except America? I don't know why they did that, but here in Australia, I'm absolutely happy about it. I got to watch it on Thursday last week, and I knew I was going to talk about it, but I was surprised in my reaction to the film, so I thought, let me sit on it a bit. Maybe I'm looking at it through nostalgic eyes, maybe I'm just a big, big dumb fool, but I've come back to it and gone, yep, I still feel the way I feel about it, so it's time to review it. And the second reason for reviewing the SpongeBob movie Sponge on the Run is just basic childhood memories. I grew up watching SpongeBob SquarePants. In many cases, I'm still watching SpongeBob. Not the most recent stuff that's come out, My pinnacle for Spongebob is the same as The Simpsons, you could say. There's a very golden age specific Spongebob content, which was just perfection, basically. It was clever humor, clever comedy, interesting characters, heart, everything that you wanted, but also a kid's show. It's incredible stuff. It had three very good seasons. I remember they were always on Nickelodeon. I had them on videos, and then I had them on DVDs. It was one of the few things me and my brother both really, really, really liked, so we could bond over that together. And eventually it culminated in 2004, they released the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, and I adored that movie. 2004, I was getting a bit old, I was about to enter high school, maybe I shouldn't have loved a SpongeBob movie as much as I did, but absolutely not. I thought it was wicked fun. By a couple weeks after watching it, I seemed to be able to memorize and recite the entire film, which was both either consternation to my friends or enjoyment depending on who you spoke to i had some friends who were requesting that i quote the movie to them and i had others that wish they could take a sledgehammer to my head one day i may go back and talk specifically about the original spongebob movie because it is a solid good movie that needs discussing especially for what it was which seemed to be an end to the spongebob story but unfortunately as with most things that are very popular the spongebob movie was very popular the show was very popular made lots of money The creator is told, hang on a minute, keep making this. This is good. We want that moolah. Keep making it. So as a result, quantity overtakes quality. Creators left shows. Ideas of what the show was changed. SpongeBob became something different to what I remember it being. It substituted the clever, wacky humor for gross-out stuff. Very strange, artistic-y, weird, pushing-the-boundaries sort of stuff, which just didn't work for me. I never really got it. So I flipped away from the show for a while until in 2015 I heard a new SpongeBob movie was coming out. This one being the SpongeBob movie Sponge Out of Water. 
and there's a big hook about them going up on dry land and becoming a different animation style and being superheroes. So I did go and see it. I could not find anyone to see it with me. So I sadly went and saw it by myself. 2015 at this point. So it's not sad. It's just something to be aware of. It was not a good movie. I did not enjoy it. There were elements where I did laugh a little bit, but it was that type of SpongeBob humor all through the movie that I had not grown accustomed to, the stuff that had driven me away from the movie in the first place. So after watching that movie, I thought, okay, I guess I really am done with SpongeBob, and I let it be. Of course, until I hear a few years later that a third movie is coming out. And against everything in my bones, I knew I was going to watch it. Everything I saw about it seemed to hint Maybe this is something that I should check out. The trailers seemed to hint at a type of humor that I was familiar with with SpongeBob. There were guest stars that I don't want to spoil on here because I do want people to watch this movie, but there were surprising guest stars who were showing up in the movie for more than a cameo role, it appeared. It looked like they were going to have substantial roles in the movie. And then as we got to 2020 and movies just started disappearing from the cinemas entirely, I just wanted any movie that I had planned to watch to be available so I could watch it. And after our brief resurgence in July, where we got Tenet and the New Mutants and even Mulan on Disney+, Plus, the world went dry again. Everything seemed to be pulled back. Things were not looking the way they were supposed to for the movies that they had released. So with The Sponge on the Run being released, me being at home on Netflix, got Netflix newly set up on my big screen TV, I thought, let's give it a go and see what I thought. Now... At the end of the year, I will be giving you my top 10 movies of 2020. It will not be a really accurate top 10 as previous lists have been because there's not been the same amount of content that I'm used to dealing with. There are things on my list which will probably be on there, which in a normal year wouldn't. I am shocked and pleased to say that the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, would have a genuine chance to be on this list even in a normal 2020 climate. I absolutely loved this movie. I'm shocked. The whole time watching it, I went, this is great. I'm having a fantastic time. I'm laughing. I'm moved in certain points. This is the SpongeBob I remember. At the moment, Sponge on the Run is very high on my 2020 list, and it's going to take a lot to knock it down, which I don't think is going to happen because we don't have a lot of movies left to see this year that's actually still potentially coming. But suffice it to say... I do not want that to hang over this movie's praise. I don't want people to think, oh, it's 2020. There's not much out. This movie's getting a lot of praise because that's all that's available. Absolutely not. This movie was absolutely fun, and I'm going to narrow it down to a few specific points. First off, as I said before, this is a return to form for SpongeBob. This is not a SpongeBob that will trip over and knock his eye on a rock, and then the whole episode just shows these grotesque close-ups of this big bulging, bruisy, bloody eye and Spongebob with this ugly face as he's trying to cope with it and then everybody else getting bruises and there's just wacky teeth going on. It's repulsive to think about. This is Spongebob that remembers what it is that the show was so good about. Spongebob Squarepants. He lives in a pineapple under the sea. He's a very nice guy. He's nice to everybody around him and most of the time the people around him either take him for granted or manipulate him for their own personal gains. He has two really pure, solid friendships in the world, that being his next-door neighbor, Patrick Starr, played by the wonderful Bill Fagrabaki in his delightful stupidity. But even then, Patrick often is too stupid to realize when he's being a jerk to SpongeBob as well. On the other hand, he's got his pet snail, Gary. Now that 
is a pure relationship. In early days with SpongeBob, from what I've seen of recent shows, they like to think that Gary manipulates SpongeBob a lot. Well, this movie really shows that the two of them are bonded in a way that only a owner and their pet can be. I keep delaying getting a pet for my own house at the moment, and watching SpongeBob and Gary in this new movie makes me realize how much I really do need a cat or something in this house to to share that warmth and connectivity with because it's just delightful and genuine to see. It's a simple premise, basically. SpongeBob is doing some stuff through no fault of his own. Gary is suddenly stolen, whisked away from Bikini Bottom, and he embarks on a quest with Patrick by his side, as always, to go and find Gary and bring him home. The reasons for why Gary disappear are overarching. That involves a lot of the different inhabitants of Bikini Bottom, whether it's Grumpy Squidward, SpongeBob's neighbor, Mr. Krabs, the crazy money guy who always wants his money, Plankton, who's after the Krabby Patty secret formula, Sandy, the underwater squirrel, or even the assorted guest stars who show up in here. I really don't want to name any of them because watching this movie, it was a genuine surprise every time somebody spoke and I recognized a voice. I think there's one character that's been absolutely spoiled if you've watched the trailer. Even then, I'm not going to say it. But suffice it to say, if you've seen that trailer and you've seen that actor, he's not just in it for a glorified cameo. This guy is in it from the moment he shows up right to the end. And it looks like he's giving his all to his character and what he's giving in terms of mentorship to SpongeBob and Patrick. So absolutely wonderful, delightful to see that. The jokes are clever, they're witty, and they really reflect that this is a show that started in 1998, I think. And now we're in 2020, so... The references to music and the way music has changed, rap artists, even famous actors, comedians, it's all in there. And whether you are an old man like me or somebody young, you're going to get a reference in this movie and it's going to ring true of you in a certain way depending on your age. There was a lot of stuff in here which I went, oh my god, this movie's made for me. Look at all the 90s songs that are in here. Look, they're playing Backstreet Boys. They're doing the theme from Titanic. They've even taken some 80s classics, which I obviously was not alive for to listen, but I've grown to cherish because my taste in music is only so-so. But they've given them covers from some of my favorite artists. I've been listening to the soundtrack for this movie as much as I can. The soundtrack is not really available, but if you look on YouTube, you can find some of the covers and some clips from the movie to listen to that particular music over and over again. But it stuck with me. I've re-listened to some of these songs quite frequently. For example... There's a cover of Take On Me on here, which happens towards the end of the movie. Loved it. I mean, Ricky Martin. There's even a Ricky Martin song in here. It's delightful. It's like someone went, we need a movie that Jordan really, really wants to watch for SpongeBob. We need stuff in here that he's going to want. Pack it full of this 90s, 80s, corny stuff. He's going to love it. But also, I'm sure there's other stuff in here for people who like other different things. I'm just saying, for me, they hit every single note watching this film that I absolutely adored. I think they really used every character well in this movie. The one drawback of the original SpongeBob was they focused specifically on a couple of characters, namely SpongeBob and Patrick and Mr. Krabs and Plankton. For this movie, they really hammered home that there is a solid network of characters in SpongeBob, not just those ones. And Each one has a certain relation with SpongeBob and a certain way that they impact the show and the comedy whenever they're on screen. I thought everybody was actually used rather fittingly. No one felt left out or given a lack of screen time or anything like that. Everything felt just right, which was great. Even towards the end, there was some real bits that not moved me to tears, but made me feel 
made me feel feelings and emotions that I didn't expect to feel watching a Spongebob movie. You often see a Spongebob episode and everybody's often nasty to each other without intending to be sometimes or sometimes really intending to be. And you really get the sense that these characters really do genuinely care for each other. But it's there, and this movie really highlights that. Some ways more than others, there's a big moment of tender loving care in this movie towards the end, which really had me not crying. I wouldn't say I cried, but I I was touched. I thought that's very sweet to see these characters expressing emotions to each other that I didn't even know they had. It was just delightful. This movie would get top marks for me, but I do have to say, though, it's always good to maybe find a little thing for constructive criticism. The problem with this constructive criticism is that it comes from a dark, angry place, is that there are some really jarring bits in this movie where it flashes back to supposedly SpongeBob's young years as a kid at this place called Camp Coral, basically his summer camp, him interacting with young Squidward, Sandy, everybody else. When they happen in the movie, it's jarring. It really stops the momentum of the story. When these things aren't happening, it's all trucking along rather well. You get what's going on. You get what the stakes are. You get what the point is. But then suddenly you're hit in the face with this brick wall and it went, look at this summer camp years. And if you know a little about the behind the scenes information, you will know that there is a pitch for a spinoff of SpongeBob SquarePants called Camp Coral, which is all about SpongeBob's younger years, supposedly him being a kid hanging out at summer camp with all his friends. From what I hear, the original creator of SpongeBob, Steven Hillenburg, was like, absolutely not. I do not want this to be made. I refuse. Steven Hillenburg did die quite recently from a tragic disease. And not long after his death, this new show was suddenly announced and they're moving forward with it, which is a huge insult to him. It's disgusting. It's unprofessional. It's, it's, it's all sorts of words that I cannot say on this podcast because I try to keep it not a bunch of swears, essentially. But the fact that they're doing that leaves a bad taste in the mouth. Furthermore, to shoehorn it into this movie as a basically an advertisement of what's to come, I cannot get behind. As I said, there's a bit towards the end of the movie where there's a real nice emotional moment building, and even that is cut up between these flashbacks. You get a genuine speech from a character, and then suddenly a very awkward flashback and some more Camp Coral stuff, which impacts that emotional moment so much that you do not get to feel the emotions that you know you're supposed to be feeling. And if you know the behind-the-scenes drama, you feel angry, annoyed, frustrated, disgusted, however you want to go. So, final thoughts as I sum up a surprisingly very positive review of the SpongeBob movie Sponge on the Run. I give it 8 out of 10. The only reason it doesn't get the full 10 is because of all that Camp Coral stuff and everything behind it. That stuff's so disappointing enough to knock it down two stars essentially but what this movie is and what's important for us as a society right now is that it is just pure light-hearted fun there's nothing about it that's pushing any sort of agenda besides apparently a spin-off but we'll move past that there's no politicalness about it there's no uncomfortable religion qualities or anything like that there's no twists and turns that are supposed to make you think or scared or cry or whatever It's just a simple hour and 20 minute movie about your favorite cartoon characters from your old favorite show as a kid, just doing their stuff, but doing it as good as they used to and just having fun and going on a merry little journey. Everybody in here looks like they're having fun. All the guest stars are, all the characters are good. It's good to check in with everybody again. And in this climate of 2020 with pandemics in the air and elections that will never end, 
It's just nice to have this one thing that you could just put on and just escape and just have a big smile on your face while you're watching it. So I conclude by saying I cannot recommend the Spongebob movie Sponge on the Run enough. It is very high on my top 10 movies of 2020 and it deserves to be up there, not because there's a lack of movie content out there, but because it was a good movie and I had fun with it. There you are. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this review. I certainly enjoyed recording it. I had a lot of fun watching this movie and I had a lot of fun talking about it. I look forward to coming back to you next week. Who knows what I'll be talking about? I'll have a look in the archives and see what topic I will be focusing on. But maybe while I rest my mind, I'll put SpongeBob back on again and just have a good laugh for the next hour or so. But as always, I appreciate you all for listening. Thank you very much. Be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And I will catch you next week, as always. You've been spliced in later. Adios, muchachos. I'll catch you next time.